I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And this is Radio vs. the Martians. know if the rock is the best thing that the wwd's the wwe's ever been produced then 2018 was a real bad year you mean was, the movies that he's been in just a, yes I, I like the choices of rampage and skyscraper yeah apparently <clears throat> the special effects in skyscraper look atrocious they look <laughs> like a sci-fi original movie i saw it in theaters oh did you how no. was it how was it it's okay it's like it's like the um it, it's like a movie that only exists in your short-term memory. Is this the one that looks like Die Hard? It's Die Hard crossed with a towering inferno. Okay. that And you can tell where the fundings come from because it takes place in China. Oh, right. And The Rock, yeah. it's like the pearl, the ultimate um, <laughs> skyscraper. It's high tech and has all the greatest whatever. And, yeah. of course, The Rock is the new security guy on it. And a group of terrorist bad guys take it over to try to extort something out of the guy who owns it. And the Rock's family is trapped in a super skyscraper that's on fire. And there's a lot of fun moments in it. And the thing is that the Rock really, you know, Dwayne Johnson has unmistakable charisma. Yeah. That there's something about him that's immediately likable to everybody. It's a sort of likability that it's like, what more could you ask from a movie star? Mm -hmm. Um if you subtracted him from this movie, I would I would probably not even remember the name of it. <laughs> I wouldn't have seen it uh, because he really is holding this entire thing up on his giant shoulders. It feels like a forgettable action movie. I mean, there's it's, there's visually some neat things in it, and there's a couple cool ideas. But it, I, the best thing I can say about it is it wasn't as bad as The Meg. With Jason Statham, <laughs> which auto outright feels like a movie written by a computer. I mean, <laughs> let me explain the Meg to you really quick to really know how hacky okay. this is. I know about the Meg, but maybe our audience has I, missed I don't. it. Oh, so basically, it's Jason Statham fighting a giant prehistoric shark, which on paper I'm on board with. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. What channel did this air on? <laughs> <laughs> Not the sci fi channel. Oh, okay. If I, you know what? I think it would have been better on the sci fi channel. Probably. Uh, with less money involved in it, and then you were allowed to be weird, but because there's so much money going into this, also takes place in China, by the way, because oh. we've got to fucking pay for this shit. Yeah. Um, so Jason Statham is the greatest undersea rescue dude in the world. <laughs> and in the prologue of the movie, there's a <laughs> submarine it. that is uh, sinking and is venting air and people are in danger. So Statham and his squad go down there and he thinks that it looks like some living thing, not to say that like William Shatner, some <laughs> thing uh, attacked the submarine, and that's why it's sinking. And he he says, we got to get out of here now. We don't have time to rescue everyone, just the people in this room. And people are like, what are you talking about? There's people down there. There's people down there. And he's like, no. And then he gets everyone into the escape submarine. They escape. And right after they leave, of course, it blows up. So you'd think Jason Statham would be proven right but of course he's disgraced from this and now he's living in southeast asia drinking beers in his, his like shack and stuff and he's just oh, i don't do that anymore you know that's the kind right. of the kind of thing where it's like are you so and so i used to be then 
And meanwhile, a rich guy played by Rain Wilson has got a group of people together to go to this uncharted place of the deep ocean. And, uh, of course, they get stuck down there. So, but we need the best. We have to save them. So, of course, they get Jason Statham. And Jason Statham is there. And, of course, the guy who doesn't believe in him from that last mission is like, this guy's a failure. We don't need him. Because he doesn't follow the rules. And and then imagine that the rest of the movie was written from the same computer program as all of that. <laughs> it's PG-13. So so deep, deep water exploration so is uh who's the director for uh titanic and uh cameron yeah is it james cameron movie because no, he's all about that no it would be great if it was it'd be yeah. better if it was a james cameron movie it's not the problem with is is it's not enough of anything that it's not stupid enough to be full-on <laughs> like get a sam raimi or a um a Peter Jackson mm-hmm. to do this. And I think it could be a lot of fun so, and have them do their old school splatter fest gore thing and then do the same th- or, or just make it serious and awesome enough and go like a James Cameron direction. Sure. But it's neither of those things. It's like, you know what? I would say, honestly, skip this bullshit and just go watch Deep Blue Sea again, <laughs> which is exactly what you want it to be. I want to see ch- a fucking giant shark killing people and probably in a way that's sort of goofy and funny. But I guess the same thing that happens with The Rock is that The Rock has the same problem that Jason Statham does outside of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Their stuff feels like it was written by computers and it's like it's being held up entirely through like spit polish and the charisma of their main star and The Rock like Rampage is probably an okay movie because of The Rock, but you'd never want to watch it a second time. And I think the same thing is with Skyscraper. I don't want to watch that again. I honestly can say I don't think I've actually seen a Rock movie other than maybe The Mummy. I don't even think I saw Scorpion King. Yeah, I haven't seen those ones either. I saw the um, the I, rundown. I, I guess I've seen a Fast and Furious or two. With he's yeah. in that right? So yeah. starting with four. Yeah, a uh, five. Oh, that's right. It is five. Yeah, five is when they start to get good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Rock in the Fast and the Furious is fucking great because they give him material that feels as over the top and crazy as he can be and just let him run loose. Right. I, I think Walking Tall might be my favorite Rock movie. Oh, the remake of the Jodon Baker movie. Right. No, I think it's great. Where The Rock is a sheriff in Washington State who t- uh, becomes the sheriff of a small town and and goes to the guys who run the lumber mill who are bad guys and he's got like a piece of like a two by four it in takes his place hand. in Aberdeen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just pretty fucking crazy. Okay. But yeah, it it's it's a feels like a movie from an earlier age. The aughts. Yeah. I... <laughs> oh, the aughts again. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the Rock doesn't do much for me these days. I I hate his charisma. You know what I mean? Like, I he's like a motivational speaker. Like his Twitter and all that stuff. It just drives me absolutely crazy. I, I when I see The Rock now, I'm just like, fuck, annoying dude. Like, I don't want to hear it. He's like Russell Wilson, you know, and and like all these other guys that are just like, I gotta pump you guys up with my motivation. And it's like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to be motivated. Be, be <laughs> I want to be enabled. Yeah. Goddammit. <laughs> I don't know. It just he just rubs me the wrong way. Like I, it's like kind of like the stardom goes to your head kind of feel. I don't. It just seems so really phony. Well, I, 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 continuing on what I said is I I think that The Rock, at least maybe just in terms of maybe not just in terms of unquantifiable star power. It's a it's a very qualitative idea, but in terms of like money generated box, well maybe I don't know money generated. I just think economically speaking, The Rock is probably like the most successful thing 
that the WWE has ever spawned. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no real comparison because what are the movie careers of other wrestlers? I mean, Hulk Hogan played in things like Santa with Muscles, <laughs> Suburban Commando. No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. I mean, these are all things where he's essentially Thunder just... Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise. Oh, my God. With that amazing wig that he has yeah. on in that one. Oh, God. Um, but he was all just playing Hulk Hogan. Right. There was it was the same way that like if you put Mr. T in something. Yeah. Mr. T is always Mr. T and the biggest stretch is Rocky 3 where he's evil Mr. T. <laughs> um I mean you can probably get evil Hulk Hogan but it's just Hulk Hogan a bit more evil. Right. Um John Cena has actually had a pretty That's interesting movie career. That's what I was just going to say is I think Cena's going to be an interesting guy to follow the next 10 15 years. Cuz he's not he doesn't seem like he wants to be in action movies like he wants to break from that. Like he's appearing in a lot of comedies. He's pretty funny in them too He's what really i've seen funny. or at least like yeah. i've only seen bits and pieces here and there but like i've laughed yeah i i the thing with john Do you cena, see a sky vodka ad no oh it's pretty funny the, the <laughs> there's thing, like it, it's like a boy band but there's like three of them and it's it's really weird and i think it was only online but i have to check that funny. out john cena is a, a bit of a paradox for me because i hate his wrestling character He's a good wrestler. Yeah. I hate his character. I hate his character, and I hate the way his character's written, mm -hmm. but he seems like an extraordinarily nice guy in real life. Yeah. Like, yeah, really super likable in real life. Yeah. Like, everything I see of him not playing that character, I'm like, I like this guy. I mean, I've read stories that he's kind of a prick backstage. He's had people fired and blah, 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 but I guess when you're the top guy in a big company like WWE, and you get that kind of power behind you, you you get that kind of stroke, as Jeff Jarrett would say, and and you know you can kind of call the shots. So, I mean, I guess business is business. Mm -hmm. um, but he does come off as a likable guy. There's something in likable about him, but he tends to be very self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. It's different than say Hulk Hogan, who was Hulk Hogan at his worst was like 1990s William Shatner. <laughs> yeah where he's like i will wait, wait did hulk hogan ever pen a uh science fiction uh, series of science fiction novels he might as well have. i made a I videotape mean, uh, thunder <laughs> yes, yes he did he did he did write his own material for that one yeah um but uh he shouldn't <laughs> have known about, like, about pork yeah. um <laughs> oh oh but yeah <laughs> jesus that is a that is a scandal with layers and let's yeah. just state it again hulk hogan said racist and homophobic things in the context of his sex tape with the <laughs> wife of bubba the love sponge a oh. radio host out of orlando and he didn't know he was being filmed yeah no Oh God! There's just layers to this. No, but and then and then wasn't the, the destroying a Gawker's website for publishing it was this was the sort of the secret parlance of Peter Thiel, an objectivist right wing billionaire yeah. who's like, I want to be able to destroy any publication that I don't like. Mm -hmm. But I I like that's so, there's so many layers to but that. I was happy so to see up. Gawker go down in flames. Yeah, well, yeah. Piece of garbage. That's <laughs> the first time I've rooted for Hulk Hogan in decades. <laughs> um, well, now Hulk's. They're trying to push him again in WWE. Uh, they brought him back at the Crown Jewel, uh, the pay per view in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, the progressive city of of Jeddah. Oh, I believe it was. And, Jesus uh, Christ! They, oh, next, we're going to find out that Hulk Hogan was in the Turkish embassy, helping to cut Hulk, a, pull apart the body. So that's the story. He just with, went <laughs> like like his shirt being pulled off. He pulled apart that journalist. The story with the Hulkster is that he kind of they were thinking about bringing him back. And he met backstage with a bunch of people and he apologized, but it was kind of a non-apology. Oh. And like a bunch of the uh, African-American uh, wrestlers tweeted out about like, well, you know, this isn't really that great, you know, and they kind of made it known that he wasn't really welcome there. So WWE kind of backed off it. And then because they were doing this event in Saudi Arabia, 
and this is after the slain uh, journalist, um, they got a lot of negative uh, backlash, or they, yeah, negative backlash um, from senators, even uh, Republican senators. And um, so to make matters more interesting, uh, a few days before, even though it had been rumored a few days before, uh, they officially announced that Hulkster would be there uh, to, to basically open the show. He came out, did his whole like, uh, brother, blah, 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 blah. I'm the Hulkster and like ripped his shirt or whatever. And then like, and actually, I don't even think he did that. And then left and wasn't seen the whole time, you know, at all the rest of the show. And then they just brought him back recently to give a basically a eulogy for Gene Okerlund. It's almost Trumpian that he slides a <laughs> you slide a controversy in under a bigger yeah, controversy. Yeah. So nobody was like, talking about it. Nobody talks about Hulk Hogan uh, and his like homophobic racism mm-hmm. because we're too busy being distracted by the fact that the WWE has a business relationship with a dictator who murdered a journalist. Yeah, and. Linda McMahon is in the Trump administration. In that the is true. Yeah, the Small oh, Business Administration. Yes. The yeah. fucking. It's like if there's small anything. Business. I'm sorry. Well, well small you know, business is a family laughable. business. A family business that has a monopoly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's. It's just like no. Why don't we just put Jeff Bezos as a head of the <laughs> yeah. Small Business Administration if we want to get laughable? And the last time that I liked something that Hulk Hogan did was uh, there was a <laughs> there was a Adult Swim cartoon called China Illinois about a liberal arts college in a fictional town that's just totally bonkers, and the dean is played by Hulk Hogan. And he's... It, it is the kind of self-aware... It's the kind of completely absurd show, like a, like a you know, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force kind of thing, where it's everything's, everything's out of control. But the fact that he treats the office of being the dean, he has a rivalry with the mayor, and so it's almost like they're always... They're competing... For who's going to get the title belt, essentially. And it's it's very funny. It's very funny. I think my favorite thing that I've seen Hulk Hogan do, and I think this is probably about 20 years old, is he did an ad on, for a Japanese air conditioning company. Cool. And it's the weirdest thing in the world, like all Japanese ads can be. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good money if you're a, an American celebrity oh, to totally. show up in an ad. And you do a thing, you don't even really know what you're selling, but he's like in boxer shorts holding up this air conditioner. He looks like he's in heaven because he's surrounded by clouds. <laughs> and he's singing the days of the week. He's going, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there we come again. And it's <laughs> the most fucking surreal shit. <laughs> and I don't, I don't even think Hulk Hogan knows what he's advertising. I think they wrote him a check and said, here's the set. Sing the days of the week, and yeah. there's like a little child's flute playing under him, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" He's not—he's t- like holding the air conditioner like it's a giant sub sandwich. I would love to just have like three Japanese channels, not like made for America, but like just what is shown in Japan on my cable system. I would pay extra for that, just for the commercials. The commercials are amazing. By the way, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I think this is the greatest soap opera that has ever been. <laughs> ever been released in any medium ever was for a series of ads for a Japanese gummy gum can, uh, candy commercial. I forget. Oh, yeah, that it's it, amazing. It's yes. pretty amazing. It's, it probably runs about um, 12 minutes long <laughs> and or six, no, it's like six or seven minutes long of 30 second ads. And it's his ongoing drama, which is essentially the funniest dick joke that you will ever see between <laughs> um this sort of nerdy guy who's dating this girl who's constantly being distracted away from uh, her boyfriend and the small size of candy gum that he's eating. 
And this stranger with a goatee who's always seductively eating a giant piece of candy. <laughs> and how she's always being pulled away from this poor guy who's fairly oblivious. And how he just... It's the craziest thing. Yeah. It has a twist ending. It is... I love this thing to death. These are my favorite commercials. I showed these to my girlfriend last week, and it's amazing how emotionally involved you get in a series <laughs> of ads by the end of them. I honestly feel that like this is part of the reason why I like New Japan Pro Wrestling is because there's a lot of weird shit that I don't know what's going on. You know, like it'll be like weird promos, like or weird packages, and I don't know what's going on. But there's a lot of like wacky things happening like one of the best things if you ever if you ever if you get new japan world and you are waiting for an event to start they run through some highlight packages but then they basically play the video that happens in the arena uh, don't smoke don't do this don't do that don't you know don't tape it and they got um one of the wrestlers and a, a jushin thunder liger is like the cop and he takes the the wrestler and he locks him up and it's just it's worth it. It's worth even just kind of like seeking it out because it, it it just it's a good couple of laughs right before I about I'm about to watch wrestling at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's great. I I just I love that kind of stuff. I, I like not knowing what is happening. I think makes it better. Yeah, I think I found this while while reading a lot of manga is that you immediately realize that you're reading something that was created in another culture. Yeah, and you find yourself slowly through osmosis learning about that culture yeah. like uh one of the things i've noticed in manga a lot is that manga tends to star a lot of characters who draw manga mm-hmm. and you also learn a lot about how comics are made in other countries or you learn about what is the culture of of dating and uh, going to bars and all this stuff and it's so different but it's similar enough in little ways that it just becomes sort of charming and you start to start absorbing stuff like yeah. i don't know how to read anything in a character-based language, right. but I recognize a series of Japanese characters that are used for a gunshot sound. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know that. I don't know what what the the, the phonetic sound is supposed to be yeah. for that, but I know it's a gunshot. It, yeah. is, it is pretty fun. I was, uh, sorry for the tangent. I, uh, you know, The great thing about the public library is sometimes, I don't know if all libraries do this, but they should. The librarians in our local library have little book stands above the bookcases where, you know, they could basically, it, it could be like a, this is a recommended book or more often than not, I think the li- the librarians, especially around the kids section are like, okay, we put these six books up and then, you know, like a five-year-old, like my kid will come and take three of them down and then just sort of like librarian will just like wander over, pull a couple up and put it up there as a way to just like give the kids a visual idea about what's in the stacks. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't read, the titles of a book, you're only going to be seeing, oh, does it have a picture that I think is interesting? Mm-hmm. They do this with the graphic novel section as well. And so there's some stuff that I was like, you you have this? And one of them was the first volume of Nasca of the Valley of the Wind. Oh. Um, and we we read this together. It's it Manga is a little harder, I think, because manga's always, or unless it's redone, is in black and white. Um, and the panels are pretty small. Uh, so it's hard to get to. But the treat of... For me, I can read enough katakana that I can read like the little sound effects, the sound effects to him, and then try. 
I can grok what the sounds are, and then you have to your brain has to sort of translate like what are these two like vowels next to each other supposed to be? Is this supposed to be the thumb the thumping of the engine, the the plane engine going by or whatever? It's pretty it's pretty fun. That they don't do sound effects like that in American comics anymore, do they? No, well they like, st- vroom. they still do in some places. Sometimes it's part of the art. They'll put it in there, but it. And there's something about it that just seems like a big deal when it's written in a language that I can't understand. I'm just like, oh, that seems like a, that seems kind of awesome because it's yeah. like it's. See, I'm not. I've never really been into anime or like manga or anything like that, but I do have a background in like video production, and and so I look at a lot of the, especially again with New Japan and, and other Japanese productions. I look at like Japanese news is a great example, like the weird graphics that are used sometimes or sound effects. Like you hear like what sounds like two swords, like hitting each other. It's like, Shing! and I'm like, why is that being used as like to prompt you for a transition or something? Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. It, but it's interesting to watch and hear these sounds. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if that would ever fly here or if people would just be like, that is wacky, you know? And so that's part of my admiration for Japanese culture is this, just how different, you know, production can look even like, again, when you watch the news, you see a news story here, like on your on your news, and it'll have like maybe you're interviewing somebody, and they cut away to like a a transition. So like you'd be talking, and then they'd show like a tree that's fallen down, and then it'd go back to you talking. Whereas in in Japan, a lot of the news has a person talking, and then a quick cut, and and I mean it's just chopped. It's a cut to another cut to another cut of you talking. So you actually see that it's been chopped up and edited, and I kind of like that. I think it's it's actually you're seeing okay, they've edited out part of this. Whereas it feels here, more honest. Yeah. Whereas here, uh, you mean like sixty minutes interviews? <laughs> it's like man on the street interviews. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, they want to create the impression that it Mike hasn't is, been. Mike edited. is what you're saying is that you feel guiltier than ever. And then oh. you say, I feel guiltier than ever. I feel guiltier than so ever. So then now we can make that <laughs> in the thirty second spot in the commercial. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nothing but shame. So um, something came up on the internet that went fairly viral recently. It may be this, one of the stupidest things that has come out of the world of Harry Potter. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Mm-hmm. The official Pottermore Twitter feed. Oh boy, they tweeted, um, and this is a quote from the actual tweet. Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms before adopting muggle plumbing methods in the 18th century. Witches and wizards simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and <laughs> vanished the evidence. So we're talking about um, characters from Harry Potter that before... Crap their pants. They pooped right. themselves and peed themselves and then they would just wave a wand and make it all go away. No. Oh. That's convenient. <laughs> it's fucking I wish gross. I could do that. Wizards are fucking disgusting. You know, I can tell you for a fact, I've been on a bus with a wizard before. <laughs> Have you ever been to a wrestling show? <laughs> There's a lot of wizards there. <laughs> but it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, this, this idea of... Take... Take the side that you can just vanish it away. Mm-hmm. One, I would never trust any spell to get that away. <laughs> There's a point where you're like, I don't care if it's all gone, I'm taking a shower. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you still pooped on yourself standing somewhere in public. You still peed yourself. <laughs> that feeling is gross. Oh, yeah. But I mean, if you can wave a wand and make that go away. It's still fucking gross. And also the section public. Uh, that even but if, if everyone's doing it, I mean, even if I was, <laughs> even if I was forced to poop outside, 
I would find an alley or something. I don't want people to see me poop and pee. We're in Seattle. It's just, but it's just. Are fuck. you trying to say that people shit outside in Seattle? Some places. Some, that's, that's true. They do. And also, bathrooms existed before plumbing. Yeah. yeah. In every culture. Yeah. I mean, they had a thing that you would just, you would poop in a pan and throw it out a window, but at least you're throwing it out the window and not on yourself. <laughs> and then going, oh, I'll take care of that. Ring. It just, what the fuck? And they're getting, understandably, they're getting some serious blowback to this. People are <laughs> laughing their asses off at this. The person who did this clearly did not think this through. Right. Well, the, the idea well of- this is great for them, even if I doubt it was intentional, but unintentionally, it's fantastic for the Potterverse because the second Fantastic Beasts movie just fell flat and they didn't like it. So right now they're riding high. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best you're going to get just- for viral, like, poop jokes. <laughs> is this why they wear robes? Yeah. I, I can't answer that. You're not walking around making squishing noises? <laughs> that is... This is... Why? <laughs> why? I just... I, I think of this and it just... It, it boggles my mind. There's a reason why they don't show bathrooms on Star Trek. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you just... you There's some things you just don't need to know about. Well, I don't need to know that stuff, but I assume that they're there. I assume that Captain Picard isn't pooping himself no, he while just he's sitting a, in that chair. He has, he has a personal transporter, and when he's finished pooping, he transports <laughs> the poop, so poop away, right? In yeah. his pants. Yeah, because it's the same thing. It's like, oh, Mr. O'Brien, <laughs> can you clean out my pants? <laughs> it's no. It's like, they just send it into space. Maybe there's maybe you don't. It's been a, probably. Do you think there's like a crap planet? They just send it all to this. They send it to one place. <laughs> Mike, I'm guessing it's been thirty some odd years since you have crapped yourself. Um, but I will say, maybe what you're, I wish I could see this. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you're missing out on the fact that it it can be the most pleasurable experience you've ever had is to be like, oh, I'm just crapping my pants right now. No worries. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be. <laughs> just. It's just like, and then not only in that moment, but I have to be reminded of it when I do laundry later. (laughs) That's if I don't just throw this away. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you do have to put it in a plastic bag and throw it away, right? Just, oh man, I just... It's the fact that they're pooping on themselves intentionally (laughs) that really gets me. It's not like... Okay, so does the wand, like, clean yourself? I think so. Sure. Well then, is it that bad? It is, because you still pooped on yourself. So it's just it's just knowing that you shat. Yeah. Well, it's the feeling of doing it. The feeling it's the act of pooping in public. Right. That you're pooping in front of other people while standing. You're at the wand store or whatever. You're you're buying some Bernie Bots beans and you're just pissing your pants. And well, also I'm, some of that got on the floor. I remember listening to an old Howard Stern, and one of the guys on the show, Richard Christie, was in a metal band, and he used to talk about going. He he loves uh, Coheed and Cambria, and. Mm-hmm. And he would go to shows and wear it depends so he could piss himself and not miss any of the show. Oh, I don't think I could do that. I couldn't do that. No. So here's a thought, too. Imagine. I think there was a sign, though. (laughs) Oh, no, he didn't say anything about pooping, but there was a guy that had a sign at WrestleMania that we just watched who said he wasn't wearing pants. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's another one. (laughs) Oh, in good news. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the public domain got a little bit bigger. Yeah. This year. Yay. And on January 1st, um, there had been a 20-year bumper added to the expiration of copyrights mm-hmm. from the year 1923. That is all now... 1923. Public- 1923. They, they extended it because it used to be that it was... Um, 
70 years or 50 years after the death of the author. That used to be it. They extended it to 90 years or 70 years after the death of the author, which is fucking insane. Um, because really what it gets down to is that companies end up owning things was instead it, of people. Was it Din- Disney? or wh- It was absolutely Disney. Yeah. They've been kind of kicking that ahead forever. And we're right at the, the bleeding edge of what Disney is afraid of because Mickey Mouse was created in like 1927, 1928. Right. Um, and if I'm reading this correctly um, – not necessarily the individual cartoons, but I believe the character of Felix the Cat is now public domain. Oh, cool. So if you want to make the Felix the Cat movie, I would for certainly consult your lawyer first before <laughs> taking my advice. But it looks like it may be public domain. I think he was created in like 1922 or something. Or, no, gonna, 1919, I think. I'm going to open created. an Etsy store and sell Nothing Felix, but Felix merch. Nothing but Felix the Cat. You yeah. want to be right on the bleeding edge of cool. Yeah. You, I mean, or you can now. You've been seventy years later, but <laughs> you've been tra- you've been keeping it your secret desires in check. Now that you wanted to do your uh, your Felix the Cat animated porn movie, now is the time <laughs> to run with it. Go for it. So we've been waiting since nineteen ninety eight, since the last time yeah. stuff went into the public domain. It's been, and I actually wrote down a list of some of the things that are now in the public domain. There's a number of short films by both Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Oh. The song, that's, that's Yes, awesome. We Have No Bananas, now in the public domain. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, the novel of Bambi, not the Disney movie that was based on it. Uh, all the works of H.G. Wells and Edgar Rice Burroughs. That's amazing. I figured those were already in the public domain. It's surprising that they're not. Two Hercule Poirot novels by Agatha Christie, and I think some of her short stories as well. Wow. And like I said, Felix the Cat. So I think there's a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's 1923. Wow. And I'm just going to – I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't particularly think it is. But I really think we need to scale back our um, IP laws in this country and because what we have – right, I'm not saying – I think artists should have the right – to make money off of their work, that it should be treated like any other kind of work, that you should be able to own and control the stuff you have. But there's a point at which that artist inevitably dies and it falls into the hands of this or that corporation, which will never die. Disney being the biggest Mm -hmm. example. But, I mean, Superman is owned by Warner Brothers. Spider-Man is owned by Disney now. Uh, Mickey Mouse, all of these characters will never die because I, I guarantee you, unless... There is a revolt against the sort of Disney lobbying, and I don't know if that will ever happen, that um, this stuff will just – a lot of our popular culture will be owned by these large corporations. And would it be so bad if, let's just say, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck fell into the public domain? Like like Sherlock Holmes is public domain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we don't get confused by all – there's like Sherlock Holmes played by Benedict Cumberbatch. There's Sherlock Holmes played by Robert Downey Jr., by Ian McKellen, by uh, Will Ferrell. (laughs) I mean, you could (laughs) – Uh, there's a Sherlock Holmes novel that was written by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about Whoa. Mycroft Holmes. By the way, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a giant fucking Sherlock Holmes nerd. That's awesome. Which I fucking know. love. I love when somebody's famous for one thing, but they're a real nerd for something else. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get any argument from me about like this, the sort of tyranny of a of a law that was originally intended to protect 
like little people, like an individual person for not having the stuff they made being ripped off and made money yeah. by someone else. It is a whole other thing when it's a corporation that never dies. It's never going to die. It's not like yeah. our, our good friend Rob Kelly is a is a graphic artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a piece of art that I know you guys have both seen at some time in your life. There's sort of a picture of Bill Murray yeah. that you've seen on T-shirts and stickers. Um, our friend Rob Kelly created that. Oh, wow. He specific- I just saw it as a bumper sticker like two days ago. So, so I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's his version of Calvin Peeing. Yeah. And uh, Rob <laughs> well, Kelly is never going to dime from that. And Calvin also, that's Ping, a ripoff. Calvin Peeing, I believe, is another... It's another ripoff. No, it's another thing of the aughts. Yeah. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fucking aughts. Um, I never got the one that I wanted. I wanted uh, Calvin Peeing on Calvin Peeing. I wanted it to be... Like a little infinite to get smaller and smaller and smaller. It goes into a circle. Yeah. I once saw Calvin peeing on the Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Somebody went to the trouble of the weird- making that sticker, then someone went to the trouble of buying that sticker, and then someone went to the trouble of putting it on their truck. Yeah, okay. some- They must have done something really like, bad must have happened at Home I Depot. I fucking love Lowe's. <laughs> you know, this is- what are you fucking partisan about hardware stores? <laughs> what the fuck? Unless one of them is... Unless Home Depot... Is like a horrible corporate criminal. It's like Wells Fargo or something. I mean, I, I, don't I can't think imagine hating any company reputation, but I mean, still putting it on your vehicle. Yeah, it's though. You know what? I'm going to say this. I am not against those sorts of stickers. I think that they're they're educational, and they're educational in the sense that I know not to waste my time talking to this person. <laughs> that it gives me this important heads up that I might have to talk to this person for 10 minutes before finding they're a douchebag. <laughs> um, I was out with my girlfriend Piper a while back and we were leaving, I think we were going to Applebee's or something and we saw this pickup truck and in the back window was this giant decal with an illustration that said booby bouncer. <laughs> We talked about that for like 10 minutes. Yeah. We're like... I guess there is some value to it. Like, who is this person? Does this person get dates with this sticker? Certainly. And why did they think this was a good idea? And then, of course, the inevitable comparison to the pussy wagon from Kill Bill came <laughs> yeah. up. And you're like, the sorts of people that probably think, I'm going to get so much tail with this, <laughs> is probably a... I, I just like, what is this person thinking? And what do they think that people think when they see that decal? Well, I think there's a there is a uh, assumption by some some percentage of people who put bumper stickers and stickers on the back of their car that they are like they they're helping convert people to their cause or to oppose the things that they oppose. But I mean, I think largely they are just telegraphing what kind of a person you are to the rest of the world. That's I'm that's not you're not going to save the world with a bumper sticker. Although my favorite bumper sticker where where there's a little sedan it's a couple blocks away from my house, so I see it all the time. It says "honk if you have diarrhea." <laughs> I just Did you honk? Love, I love yeah. it. No, I've never. I just walked by it. I haven't driven by it, but I love it because I was like, you, "It's awesome. It's hilarious." <laughs> I see. I don't even. It makes you not want to honk. I guess yeah. when you're near that. How car. many bumper stickers do you think you've actually like done something from? Like you've seen it and you're like, "Oh yeah, I got to check that out." Like I, don't I, think I any. I, like <laughs> I saw one about six months ago on this guy's kind of like i don't know i can't remember what it was it was like an older truck and it was an instagram account and i went to it because <laughs> i was like this is crazy this guy has an instagram account for his truck and i'm not even a truck guy, was it but just was, pictures of his truck is that all it was it was like him and his truck and i think he was mm-hmm. trying to sell it at one point but then i it like it was just more pictures of him and his truck and i was like <laughs> cool like that's kind of 
kind of cool but like also really stupid like <laughs> i thought it was i went to it it worked because i was like well, why is this guy advertising an instagram account on his truck that's a good question i yeah. have no idea it's so fucking weird i yeah. don't I, I think i think uh and i did it while i was driving oh nice no <laughs> very responsible but i think i should i should make an instagram account that, that I make a sticker for on my car, and the only picture is the sticker on my car. <laughs> it's just a, it's an endless circle. It's an Ouroboros. Actually, it'd be cool if it was a sticker on your car of a different Instagram account. <laughs> you just had to go down this hole. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. It's I don't get it. I really don't get it. But, again, I guess if you're going to get to the bottom line, pay fucking artists for things. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, give Rob Kelly some money. Yeah, just give you know, him some fucking money. He's like, definitely made it with all these T-shirts and shit that people like are making. Support your local, it. your local business. You know exactly. Support the small guy. And creating stuff is work. I think that a lot Steal of people, stuff from Disney. Yeah, <laughs> I have no problem with that. Uh, Disney can afford it, and Disney probably won't notice it. And when they do, they will descend on you like the wrath of mm-hmm. God. Uh, so we we just talked about this, Mike. That it is it is like the policy of Radio versus the Martians as an entity that like people that help us out and do creative work and stuff. Like we're not not just going to be like this is for your resume. Thanks for doing us a favor. Thanks for doing like, this for the exposure. Yeah, no, we're we like we're gonna pay you and we're gonna pay you quickly. Like we're not gonna dangle something out and then not pay you. Yeah, we're not from Donald Trump. Yes. So no, I mean we this is the funny thing is like we subsist entirely on the goodwill of the listeners who love our show and want us to do that. We should, we should also let other people subsist on the goodwill that we have for honoring other people's work for us. Yeah, like, seriously. That's not it's a fucking no-brainer. It's and the golden fucking rule. Seriously, and you might have noticed we have a new logo for the show. Designed yeah. by our, our aforementioned friend, Rob Kelly. Um, we have a new theme song. Yes. By James Wetzel. Yes. So, I mean, these are people that we pay. And you know what? Pay your artist. If you need a creative project, if you need a logo for something, pay them. It is worth their time. That it costs time and effort and creative juices to make this shit. And people deserve to get paid for it. So, the folks that support us on Patreon... A lot of your money goes towards the awesome uh, bio image artwork that you see on our website whenever we have a new um, guest on the show. Or oh yeah, I- we get to ask you get to ask you what your uh, what your ooh this is going to be t- tempting in in about a couple weeks maybe a week after this is this, this is, is launched over. it'll be up on there with your bio. So yeah, we get to have brand we'll new see artists. What, what Mr. Lambert's uh, bio is going to bio picture is going to be up. I think Ric Flair is already taken. Yeah, yeah Ric Flair is taken. <laughs> yeah. I know what, I know what the picture is. I know you sent it to me. Oh, yeah. okay. It'll so be, it'll, be, it'll a be a surprise for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's. Wait, are you related to Christopher Lambert? Yes. <laughs> nice. I wish. Yeah, that guy is. Can you, you know invite him? Can you invite him to my birthday party? I was camping in Calgary so awesome. once, and I was called Lambert, and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was awesome. <laughs> They're like, "Mr. Lambert, your campsite is ready," and I was like, "All right, <laughs> I can roll <laughs> <with> this." <laughs> I have a sword here. Just Man, in case you get out of line. Can we do a podcast on Fortress? Oh, oh God. Oh. I, I've only seen the trailer to that yeah. this last year. I think I showed it to you. You did. And yeah. I was... I love Fortress. It's cool. Yeah. That was like I, my go-to TBS movie. It's, like, it'd be on yeah. at like 11 p.m. at yeah. night. When I saw that trailer, I was angry at everyone in my life for not showing this to me earlier. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but it looks fucking amazing. Yeah. I think my TBS movie... 
was either Deadly Friend or Hard Deadly. Target. Deadly Friend is a movie that came out in the 80s. It was a Wes Craven movie that feels like it takes a hard left turn about halfway through. It would be a great episode for a single serving. Um, that there's this kid who's having this coming of age story. This girl played by Christy Swanson moves in next door. They're kind of getting along. She's got this abusive dad. He's got a robot. <laughs> um, he's like interning at a hospital. It's kind of weird. It's, it's sort of comic book science in the sense that if you are into science in general, that means you're both a doctor and a physicist at the same time. You know, so he's, he's trained, he's got an internship at the hospital, but he also has a, a advanced robot. And then abusive dad kills his girlfriend next door. He brings her back to life with robot parts and she goes on a robot rampage. Sure. Including killing Anne Ramsey, the old lady from the Goonies. Oh, yeah. In quite possibly the greatest on-screen murder that has ever been depicted on the silver screen, where she murders her with a thrown basketball that makes her head explode. <laughs> it is fucking wonderful. But yeah, TBS movies were always great for that, because it was never the big stuff. It was always this mid-range stuff. Yeah. And it would replay it enough that it would become part of the fabric of your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, Hard Target was another movie I saw a lot on there. Yeah. A lot of things with Lance Henriksen would appear on, on that station. I was a big fan of Joe Bob Briggs back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Fortress is great. Fortress is probably my, I won't count aside from, I mean, the, aside from the Highlander series, of course, I won't count the first Mortal Kombat movie as a great Christopher Lambert performance, but I do, I do like him as horribly miscast as that character. Fortress is fantastic. It's it's great. Yeah, it's not a it's not a it's not Commando. But and it's got it's uh, good. the dad from uh, uh, shit. What's the movie? That seventy show. Yeah, seventy oh, show. Oh, yeah. Kurtwood uh, Smith yes, also yes, from yes, RoboCop. Like, yes, that man deserves a much bigger career than he, he has. I love Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. Uh, make him the villain in almost everything. <laughs> He's a good uh, Boddicker. Clarence Boddicker. Oh God, I love it. Yeah, guns, guns, guns. Oh, I love it. Uh, my favorite bit of RoboCop will always be that bit where he walks into the police station all beat up, and that one cop is doing paperwork, and he just spits his wad of blood on the guy's paperwork, <laughs> and he's like, give me my fucking phone call. <laughs> Radio vs. the Martians is hosted by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. This podcast is recorded in beautiful Valverde in Seattle, Washington. Our chief engineer is Casey Doran, and our editor is Mike Gillis. Our original theme music is written and performed by James Wetzel. Special thanks to Sam Mulvey, Rob Kelly, James Wetzel, Paul Rue, Tobias Panshin, Scott Kramer, Kyle Hepworth, and Todd Maxfield Matsumoto. Please take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please consider becoming one of our Patreon subscribers. Even just a dollar a month gives you access to exclusive episodes. And you can always find us online at RadioVersusTheMartians.com.
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.